Welcome back to Everyday Disciples, the podcast where we strive to be like Jesus wherever we are. My name is Adam, and I'm one of the producers and editor of this podcast. I'm really glad that you're here with your time and attention. Today, we have some special Halloween topics. First, we'll be talking about the New Age movement, some of the practices and philosophies that surround this idea, and how we as Christians can talk to those who are involved with them. Our second conversation today revolves around spiritual warfare, what it is and what it isn't, and how it is important as Christians to understand that there is a spiritual realm that exists and how we engage with it. Again, thanks for being here. Let's get started. Well, welcome back to another segment of Everyday Disciples, and today I'm joined with Aiden and Adam here as we continue kind of uh, this season, what has been sort of a journey through a bunch of different uh, what worldviews or religions or outlooks on life that we encounter. And uh, this week we thought it'd be good to talk about uh, one that's pretty pervasive, but maybe not one that many people really put a label on. Uh, maybe you've heard of kind of the idea of the New Age movement. Um, not really a, a formal religion as such, but uh, certainly a, a collection of beliefs or ideas uh, that's pretty pervasive in our world today. Yeah, I mean, um, I was just driving down 28th Street. I used to live on uh, 28th Street, and there's a, a new crystal shop moving in. So advertising some healing crystals out front. Um, uh, actually, one of the things that we already talked about, Gnosticism, um, I would say that the modern New Age movement has some of its roots in that, and that um, there's some sort of secret knowledge that we're supposed to divine from nature or, or anything things, right? or energy or, or whatever. So there's like yoga that is exercise and you see a lot of those places kind of springing up. But um, here in the in the city, there's actually a lot more interest in spiritual yoga or yoga mm-hmm. that has a um, um, the spiritual uh, meditation component that's often associated with um yeah, like an Eastern sure. or an occult. The, the sense of like, you know, aligning your chi or, you know, tapping into energy by, you know, di- all these different kind of, um, you know, yoga positions or, or things like that. Um, yeah, that's a very, very new agey kind of thing. I've noticed a big rise in astrology and horoscopes over the past few years that I think can tie in. And that's what well, that's. One of the things we want to talk about is how it can be kind of like a uh, choose your own adventure yeah. type of movement. Yeah, it's very much kind of that spiritual buffet almost of like I take a little bit of, you know, maybe some Christian prayer. I take some Eastern mysticism. I take some, you know, uh, some Jewish practices and, and sort of make my own plate of, of spiritual practices. And uh, which when you think about it in those terms, it it. it makes sense that that's a pretty popular thing in America because we are the dream of Americans uh, is this like customized religious experience that my I can have it my way that I'm it's my religious journey is going to look different from everybody else's because it's me you know that's uh, when when you kind of think about it like that's like yeah no no wonder that's what's so popular around here well I also I think there's a, a connection with our culture's sort of recent obsession with 
um, like fantasy worlds and the the magical and the ordinary. Um, people really want to have some an extraordinary experience, something that's feels out of this world and out of this body. Um, and in some of these different parts of the New Age movement, they, they very much can um, have a sense of that, uh, of, a, of a fantasy world. Um, and just an obsession, like, too, with, with myth and story. A lot, of, um, a lot of New Age concepts come from um, big, grandiose stories we're telling about the universe. Like, there's a, there's a coming of a New Age, and um, all of our energy is going to be aligned, and we're going to um, all be one under some new leader. Um, it's very much in line with sort of uh, the fantasy world, uh, worlds that are created by Hollywood and by our television shows. And, and that makes a lot of sense to me. That if we, if human beings were made in the image of God, we were made for God. It makes sense that that we would be seeking something more than ourselves. That we're we're, we're storied creatures. We long for. We long for something that will make sense of all the craziness in this world. Um, I think of that St. Augustine quote where he says, "You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you." Until we, we find our rest in God, there is, is no way for our hearts to truly find rest. And so that seeking, as much as from, from the outside um, in all these different mysticisms, can seem kind of bizarre to us maybe. It does make sense considering you know, the, the human heart is restless apart from its creator. And that's what, what our, our, our friends or our, our neighbors these people are seeking is the presence of something to give meaning and to give story to our, our inner wants, needs, desires. What we don't always know is that our hearts and our desires are for God. Um, and, and the, the one God that we, we choose to follow. Um, I think that's maybe the kind of the big difference of you know, Christianity and the new age movement is where Christianity looks to God and his word for fulfillment and all of those things. The new age movement is kind of looking to all of the stuff that God created, whether that's the stars, the crystals, the alignment of the, the planets or invisible energies. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of looking everywhere else for, for meaning, for purpose, for why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the New Age movement, they would say, like, everything is God and God is everything. Um, and sometimes I think maybe Christians can get into that trap of thinking that, of, um, uh, you know, everything everything is created by God and every good thing is created by God and it points to God. Um, but that doesn't mean it is God. It, it's it's not sacred and holy like God is. Right. I mean, as Christians, we have you know the idea of God being present everywhere. So you know that omnipresent. You may have heard that word before. Um, he's he's present wherever we are, but uh, God doesn't inhabit a rock or a tree or crystal in a special way. Um, 
but but he is present all around us. And, and you can it you can kind of see maybe where it's close to Christianity, where like God does inhabit us as as believers, when we are baptized, Jesus takes up residence in our heart. The Holy Spirit is with us, uh, so you know God is is in us in that sense. We are a, a temple of the Holy Spirit, um, but it doesn't make us God. I, I'm not I'm not now conflated with God because God resides in my heart. Yeah, that's another one of the you know of the the ideas of the New Age movement is that we are God or we become God or we're a part of God. Mm-hmm. Um, which you said it exactly. Which as Americans, who doesn't like that idea, right? I mean, that's that's the ultimate have it your way is I get to be God. And it can be kind of confusing, I think, for the Christian because we believe that the church is. A, a member of the body of Christ. We like to say that, that each church is a local expression of the body of Christ and that through Jesus's death and resurrection, we have unity with Christ. And so there is a, a distinction there, like you said, Matthew, between we are, are reconciled to God through Jesus's body and blood. However, we ourselves are not God. Right. We, we, don't, in, we don't become Jesus. No. We, we are made in God's image and God's likeness, but we ourselves are not God's. And I, for one, can say, what a relief, because right. I, I would make a terrible God. I don't need that kind of pressure. I've, no. I've got enough. And I think a lot of us would probably agree with that. Maybe we have that mindset of, yeah, I want to be divine. I want to be God. But we just are not, like, we're human beings. We are only so powerful. Um and it's so minute compared mm-hmm. to God. And so let God be God and let, let man right. be man. It, you know, speaking of that powerful, it reminds me of, I think the way I've seen this kind of uh, showing up, especially online, uh, social media, different places, uh, through this whole idea of manifesting. There, there's, I, I've, I've come across a number of, of uh, you know, posts online, videos on like TikTok of this, like I'm manifesting this energy. I claim that energy and I'm, you know, going to like make my future happen through, through this manifesting process. And, and, you know, that, that very much uh, is not the way scripture talks about how our future comes about, uh, how it, it, it's not even like, like prayer where we might ask God to intervene or ask God to, uh, you know, provide for us in some special way. But this is like, if this is my power, I'm putting this energy out there so that this preferred future of mine will happen. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, that happens in a, and I, I see what you're talking about too, like on, um, on YouTube, you know, dream it and, and be it sort of thing that doesn't just happen like in the secular world like that's it's like um like televangelist teaching like that's been going on forever sure people yeah. you know you know send in your seed and you will be blessed right. sort of thing and you know the more you the more you sow the more you reap um yeah and that's a kind of, kind of an aberration of of christian theology too to to say that whole like you you sow this this hundred dollar seed in faith and God's going to multiply that a hundred times or whatever. Um, There's not a promise from God for that sort of thing. Certainly he asks us to step out in faith. God does promise to bless us, but the blessings that God promises are not necessarily monetary. Uh, Oftentimes those are spiritual blessings. Those are future blessings, maybe even uh, in the, the world to come 
blessings, um, not necessarily just stuff to, to line our wallets with. I mean, but God does give us, I mean, free will and, and allows us to make choices that either benefit or, or degrade us, um, but it isn't the cut and dry um, sort of manipulation of energy or, or anything like that, you know, thinking it and it shall be sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, is God gives us the like practical wisdom. Cause again, like, like anything else that, that manifesting or, or any other aspect of this new age stuff, it ultimately, you know, kind of all comes back to me. If it doesn't happen, then did I fail? I didn't manifest hard enough. I didn't, I didn't put enough good energy out there. I must be screwing up, you know, putting out bad energy that I'm not aware of, that that's what's coming back around to me. And it, it puts all the weight, it puts all the onus on us. And we're, the Christian faith is so freeing that it's it's God. Our th- faith is in Him. Yeah, and I think that comes back to one of the original questions you asked, Matt, about why is it so pervasive in America? And I think it comes back to the the episode we had a couple of weeks ago on submission and obedience, because you know, as Americans who are chasing after the American dream and self actualization and pull yourself up by the bootstraps, do it myself to live obediently and to submit to something being out of your control. We don't like to think that way. We don't, we don't want to accept the fact that we are only so finite, um, that something could possibly be out of our control. That's unfathomable for us. And so to have to live in a way that you're, you're submitting your expectations to, yeah, I think there's a lot of things we need to submit to the Lordship of Jesus, but our expectations are a huge one. And so that and just, yeah, our obedience, like you're, you're, not, you're not doing all these things to, you know, manipulate some kind of spiritual energy, but you're living in a way obediently to the word of God and to the way of Jesus, not so that you can be blessed, but so that you can be a blessing to others. And the fact of the matter is like God does promise his blessings upon us. But like you said, Matt, that's not going to always look the way we want it to. You mentioned something in there in about um, our finitude. Right, so another new age concept is that um, man never dies. Mm. That which uh, sounds kind of Christian, it, right? <laughs> Eternal life. We talk about that all right. the time. Yes. So, what's uh, the distinction between man, the 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 new age movement, um, man never dies in eternal Christ, Christianity's eternal life? Yeah, so if it's if it's if the idea is from the new age thing is sort of the the idea of reincarnation that that's that's the never dying, um, that's I mean scripture flat out says that's not what happens. It, I, I think it's in Hebrews. Man is is destined to die once and face judgment. Um, that it's just we get one one trip around the block, and and death for us uh, as Christians it's a it's a conquered foe. Uh, it's a it's a uh, a beast that has no teeth. It, it takes us, uh, but it, it really is just the, the, the stepping stone into uh, heaven and then into the eventual new creation that's coming in Jesus Christ. So what waits for us on the other side is, is good. Uh, death is hard. That's, that's not to make light of death at all. Death is painful for us. Uh, you know, it, it, as, as one pastor I heard say, like it, it hits us so hard, it knocks the body and soul apart. Um, and that's two pieces that were never meant to be separated. And they're going to be joined back together in the new creation. But it's not that like we get this second trip around the block as 
either ourselves again or something different or all the different ideas that go along with something like reincarnation. Yeah. I, I, I like what you said about how d- it is true that, that death has been conquered. I also think, though, it, it's important to remember that, that death is a healthy part of the life of a Christian. In, in the words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. We put to death daily our sin. We put to death daily our, uh, not maybe to death, but like we're, like I said, submitting and taking all of our expectations, our desires, our, our hopes and dreams and giving them to Jesus. But we are, are having to take up our cross each and every day and live in a way that is glorifying to God and serving others. Um, but yeah, it, it is important that like, you know, we have to put to death our sin. We have to put to death the parts of ourselves that we cannot conquer by, by ourselves. We need the, you know, the, the power and resurrection of Jesus to do that, mm-hmm. to help us do that. And, and to just, you know, go along with that metaphor of, of putting things to death, um, in, in the same that we, same way that we have to, you know, uh, put our, our wants, our desires, um, all those sorts of things that we carry with us to death in Christ, uh, remembering then that in the same way for us, that on the other side of death is something better, on the other side of that death is something better too. Our wants and desires being transformed into what God has for us, what God wants for us. So how how, how do you guys think you, um, as Christians, we ought to engage with people who are maybe um, involved in some of these New Age practices? Um, how can we point to Christ? How can we... Um, help them recognize that uh, in their want for something uh, supernatural and um, something transcendent um, that they could find that in, in Christ. How do we, how we, how do we um, connect new age um, believers um, into the Christian faith? I think a, a good place to start with that conversation is a, a conversation around truth. Uh, you know, the New Age movement doesn't really embrace any one particular truth. It, it kind of looks at all all other religions and says, "Well, they've they maybe have pieces, but uh, um, you know, there's just no truth." And so, maybe starting that conversation with what is truth? Can we know truth? Is, is there such a thing as an objective truth? Uh, now, more and more people in our world are grappling with that and, and want to say that there isn't such a thing as an objective truth today. But look at the way we live. I mean, we kind of have to live as if there is some sort of an objective truth out there. Um, you know, when the light turns green, I know that it's red for the other folks, so I can go and I'm not going to get creamed by a car in the intersection um there you know there are some truths out there so you know maybe beginning with that sort of a a conversation and moving into well you know where what is a good source of truth how do we find that because as christians we know that that truth isn't just a concept but truth is a person jesus is the truth for me for me i've had some friends that have kind of been in um that kind of space. And I think like the conversations that I've been in, I've, I've really had to make sure I don't make them sound foolish. Um, and that you recognize like, you know, your, your human heart's desires are, are a lot like mine. Um, 
you know, we're all we're looking for we're all looking for truth, um, and we're all looking um, for love and hope. Um, can I tell you about you know like where I'm finding mine right now, and you tell me about your truth, and like let's just sort of navigate that together. I think that's an excellent point that you bring up for for anybody that we as Christians that we engage with who believes something different than us. Uh, humiliation is never a good way to win someone over ever. Um, that's, that's not ever a, a helpful tool to have in our toolbox. Um, even winning an argument is not a, not the way to, to get somebody to change their mind, to change their outlook on life, but to just like engage with them as real people, try to understand them, try to understand why they believe what they believe and where that came from, how they got to that point and, and recognize that it's a, it's a journey. It's not a an argument to be one. Yeah. Just this past Sunday night, we were talking in youth group and the question that I posed that kind of all of our conversation revolved around was this question of why is it so awkward to, sh- to talk about Jesus with our friends? Um, but I think it's a really important piece in that the friends act- aspect of that is the most important thing because whether it's somebody who has a different belief than you, it doesn't matter if it's th- this new age movement or if it's a different religion or worldview, it's really important to to hold a a friendship with someone before you start to share with them your faith in Jesus. Um, you know, we, we've all seen the the street corner preachers, and we can have our thoughts and opinions on them, but usually the way that they present the gospel is not the most compelling. Usually, it's it's those interactions you have with people who you they live in a certain way, and that's one of the things we emphasize here that I think. Um, you know, Pastor Matt and Pastor Rob do such a, a wonderful job doing is our, our faith is to be lived out in our lives. And the way that we act and the way that we live should be compelling enough that people look at you and say, what is it about you that is so different, that is so beautiful, that is so, like, there's got to be some reason for it. And we know that reason is Jesus. But a huge part about sharing your faith is not so much using the right words, but first it's earning the right to be heard. And you do that through investing in relationships and building those, those strong bonds and caring for one another well and serving and loving and choosing to, to, to serve them out of your obedience to Jesus so that when they, they do ask that question, you have the uh, relational clout, I guess, or resume with them to say, well, it's because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they know then that they're not just a project in your eyes. Like, like the friendship comes first, and then this conversation about what we believe and what kind of difference Jesus makes. I mean, those things all come later down the road, and the friendship isn't contingent on that conversation going one way or the other. That's important, too. So, good stuff, guys. Uh, great conversation about, you know, this—, this uh, kind of pervasive idea out there that's maybe a little more out more uh, around us than we're often aware of but yeah good conversation thanks guys Welcome to another segment of Everyday Disciples, and today I'm sitting here with Pastor Rob, and uh, we thought since it's Halloween week, uh, where this episode's going to be airing, uh, might be good to kind of talk about a topic that is uh, oftentimes on some people's minds around this time of year of uh, spiritual warfare. So uh, I just asked Pastor Rob, like right off the bat, have you ever 
um, had any kind of experience with what might be uh, regarded as spiritual warfare in your ministry. Yeah, thank you. And I was hoping there would be trick or treat in here, but nothing, nothing to eat in uh, in this office. I probably have some <laughs> mints in my drawer. Is that does that work? <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. And very good topic, and and something I think we do need to address. I am probably way too westernized that I would bend toward the not thinking about it nearly enough of what the Bible would tell us about. Although I recognize you can go off the other deep end too and don't want that to happen. My uh, only direct um, influence with the more the spiritual and uh, that the reality of the spiritual and the demonic was, and I mentioned this in our junior high, head to heart a few weeks ago. I don't know if you were at that one, but um, got a phone call, an anonymous phone call from uh, when I was a pastor in Lansing uh, from a young lady who said, I'm not from your church. I live near you, go to another Lutheran church, but I had a job up on Mackinac Island and or have a job up on Mackinac Island and at night would uh, go down to the beach with the you know, a lot, very many immigrants, if you've ever been to Mackinac Island. And, and she said, we got into some pretty dark, demonic uh, type rituals, and she felt trapped by it and wanted to know what to do. Um, never heard the long and short of it, uh, just other than, you know, live in the name of Jesus and rely on those and obviously turn away from <laughs> the, the faults. But uh, yeah, that was her. Now, that was her story and dealing heart to heart with somebody that was over the phone. Um, so that's my closest thing. Now, did as kids we find an Ouija board? Yes, we did. And by God's grace, never, you know, went through the firewall and seeking out, you know. Never had to do an exorcism after <laughs> no, that. No, never did that, but uh, just um, goofed around and you know, kind of fascinated by the whole thing, but never, you know, I think we got onto the next board game. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I was, I, I'm probably in the same boat as you of uh, definitely grew up knowing about spiritual warfare, but it was always like one of those, yeah, that's almost too hard to believe. Um, you know, it just, it feels so kind of out there from, mm-hmm. from our normal everyday experience. And I, I did uh, uh, not too horribly long ago, just a few years ago, kind of had a, a personal experience with spiritual warfare that did sort of open my eyes a little bit. Uh, I know I've shared this in a, a sermon before, so you may have heard this story before, but uh, with a, I had a friend who um, wanted to pray over me. It was right before Christmas one year, wanted to pray for me um, as we were kind of heading into a busy season at, at church, and um, I was being prayed over and uh, kind of with my eyes closed, like saw this figure uh, as I kind of describe it. It was like just a, a, a faceless sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. those morph suits that the kids wear around Halloween, uh, sort of like one of those sort of figures that sort of seemed a little bit like playful off to the side. And then all of a sudden was like, boom, right up like its face was right next to mine and startled me. You know, that's uh, not something I expected to have happen. And, as it happened, as my friend was praying over me, like sensed that something was going on and like she went into this like spiritual warfare prayer mode and calling on the name of Jesus and we cast this out and that was probably the most intense uh, 
experience, experience like that in yeah. my whole life. Uh, one that I mean that has really stuck with me. Um, not in a not in a way that like I'm afraid of it, but just like wow, that uh, there's a reality that out opened there. my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to to that reality out there. And maybe I should also add, I, I walked around over in East Town and. Th- not the dark side of spirituality, but went into some of the shops in there, and there you got the crystals and the sure. the sales people who you know. And I ask, you know, what is this? And oh, it's you know, getting in touch with the spirit and the, you know, and I. So I definitely know what's out there. It's something people do choose, and um, you know, I I do know the biblical warnings and the reality that spiritism is out there. And there's a power that <laughs> you can, is way bigger than you you can handle yourself. Yeah. So maybe just kind of in a broad term of like you know when we say spiritual warfare, uh, Christians sometimes throw that around a whole lot. Um, as as we were kind of getting stuff situated here before we we hit record, Adam was even kind of mentioning that uh, you know churches that he's been a part of before, like everything is seen as spiritual warfare. Anything that goes wrong. I, I think you you'd mentioned that uh, you know some the 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 spiritual warfare of indigestion or something. It's like oh you know you might have just ate some bad food or something. Like sometimes we can we can see it in everything that goes wrong, um, and sometimes we just completely ignore it altogether. And was, there's you know probably a, a safe road to walk down the middle where we're not. And and I've seen that over the course of time in Christian pop culture, it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit on how popular it is and, and even different denominations kind of have different emphasis on it um i know for us as lutherans uh we certainly talk about spiritual warfare we we try to be aware of that um not something that we're going to obsess over not something that we're going to spend a lot of uh energy on um why might that be i guess i've never really thought about that as, as lutherans why that's not something that we're prone to mm-hmm. well it would, I think, go back to the Reformation, the word alone, not our feelings alone. And that line between what is a spiritual nudge of God and what is simply my emotional feeling, that's a very subjective and and can be a very slippery slope into some very weird things. And so I think when you couple that theological word-oriented doctrinal stance along with a non-emotional driven what personality that many of us maybe uh, come from that would lead us to the to the lean toward the side of what I talked about that's what I feel about myself that I'm maybe sometimes I miss the Holy Spirit's nudging and the good spirit of God because I'm logic-oriented and Bible-centered more than the mystical um, feeling side of, of God as well. And there is that for fear that I'm going to be taken into a direction or a false teaching that I don't want to be in. That's, a, that's how I think we've come to that point where we as a church body or our tradition would, would lead us. Well, so maybe as we talk about this, I think a we do want to make that distinction and help what is godly understanding of the spiritual world, what is the good part of the God's Holy Spirit and something that's beyond our control, but also the 
demonic and the the sway that it can bring either direct attack or the more subtle uh, temptations of Satan to lead us away from Christ. It makes me think of uh, you know, 1 John uh, chapter 4, where as John's writing there, he, he sort of reminds us of the reality uh, of the spiritual world that's around us. Um, in, in verse 1, when he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, uh, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. Um, and, and so maybe, you know, as, as, as a pastor, uh, Rob, how would you encourage someone to do what John's asking us to do here, to, to test the spirit? The fallacy is, I feel something, therefore it's, it's true. And that, again, gets to that whole um, thing we just talked about. The other extreme would be a, deny all feelings because they are, but they are powerful. They're a part of our existence. You experience, you, you uh, described a, a personal experience that you had. Um, so I, I think the word there is test, you know, test it, test it with what we know is true. Um, that's where God's word's going to, and the, the better we know scripture, the more we are in love with the heart of God and, and grow in the heart of God, we're going to be able to determine uh, whether that's an appropriate or a true spirit or a false spirit. And that, that's why I think Christian community is also very hugely important because I can be personally swayed to really do anything. Um, and, I mean, we've all probably run into people who are convinced God wanted them to do something that's clearly wrong. And it's hard for them to see it at the time when they're in the midst of it that, this is a dangerous or, or not even a harmful activity or decision or way of life. And, and so the word and then also, you know, I think the, our writings call it the mutual edification of the saints. Just being part of a small group, a, a godly group of people who can be our sounding boards. Sure. Who you can say like, hey, you know, I, I, you know, maybe had this experience, or I, you know, kind of got this feeling. What do you think? And you know, they might ask some good questions. They might probe a little bit, and yeah, maybe that was just bad chicken. You know, um, don't eat a bean burrito right before bed next time, and maybe that'll be be better. Um, maybe as we kind of just wrap up here uh, on spiritual warfare. Um, uh, just kind of throw this out here. Have you ever known another pastor or anybody else in the ministry, uh, what Lutheran or not, who's ever dealt with like extreme spiritual warfare, even maybe like done an exorcism? The exorcism? Um, I'm trying to think. No, nobody comes off the top of my head right now. Definitely have a uh, older pastor who was very into spiritual prayer. I mm. uh, didn't. I don't ever remember him talking about what do you, spiritual warfare. What do you mean by spiritual prayer? But just kind of use the Ephesians six. You know, be strong in the Lord and the um, and would pray. You know, physic. You know, he would use this that that list of the armor as his prayer outline. Put on the helmet of salvation. God protect my mind today, and he used that as his discipline to do that. And he, he would go around to various pastors and, uh, he was retired when I was a, you know, younger, um, guy. I don't think 
I don't think he's alive anymore, but um, he would come by and just wanted to pray with me and over me in my office, and I always appreciated it, but it was just not something I would be inclined to do myself. And he was the most spiritual uh, pastor that I knew. Yeah, that's I, I'm I'm right there with you. Where that's not you know, where my mind usually goes first for those sorts of things, uh, praying in those sorts of ways. But yeah, I've had I've had you know a couple of friends like that too, who you know they very much are that uh, spiritual warrior kind of a person, and even even to the point of like having uh, what Scripture refers to as like that the gift of discerning the spirits, um, being able to say like naming this this is a this isn't just like something that's gone wrong. This is, you know, a, this is a spirit of deception or a spirit of, uh, you know, divisiveness, de- right? Or, yeah, and, and being able to kind of name that there's there's really more than just people at work here. There's there's a a, a personal enemy, uh, an unseen enemy that's working against us here in and and like in the church, uh, in God's people, and being able to name that and and even you know call on the power of Jesus to get rid of it. Uh, yeah, this that's out there. I also had interactions with, if you knew, ever knew the charismatic movement, it's not quite as, uh, as much of a fad as it is. It was back maybe 80s, 90s, you know, that kind of era too. And I, I never had the correct quite way to discern all of that, um, what that was going on, but very much people into you know, people I knew that were more into that charismatic uh, lifestyle and uh, hearing from God directly and that kind of thing. Well, great. Yeah. Uh, always an interesting topic to kind of probe into, uh, especially around this time of year as people are maybe thinking about that kind of stuff around Halloween. But uh, certainly want to encourage you if you're if you're listening along and you're you're thinking maybe I'm Maybe, maybe I'm not aware of that world out there. Maybe, you know, read some scripture, think about that spiritual side of life. If you're maybe obsessing over it, maybe, you know, stop looking for, for a, a, an evil boogeyman behind everything that happens. Uh, but ultimately, just we, we trust in God. We trust in his word. Uh, he is who we want to follow in, in all that we do. So thanks, Pastor Rob. Thanks for listening to Everyday Disciples. Everyday Disciples is part of the online ministry of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Grand Rapids. We're striving to be followers of Jesus wherever we are, and we hope you'll join us on that journey. If you found this podcast helpful in your spiritual journey, we'd be honored if you would rate us and review us wherever you listen. It helps people find us and get the good news about Jesus out there to the world. If you've got questions or suggestions for things that you'd like to hear about on Everyday Disciples, let us know with an email to media at stmatthewgr.com.